0: Welcome to the 49th edition of the Guna podcast, recorded in early April between the visits to Barcelona and Tottenham. Special thanks to our sponsors, gunashirts.com, the online website for all your quality, unofficial Arsenal t-shirts. This is your host, Joe Broadfoot, and I'm here to bring you the remainder of the panel chat, recorded at the same time as our previous edition. So continuing on our Guna regulars, David Udo, Mark Ollington and Kevin Witcher. Here's the rest of what they had to say. At this point, we're going to hit you with some emails from listeners, if that's not putting too um, too fine a point on it. Um, another fact, we get fan mail. <laughs> it's just oh, we get fan mail. Wow. I love it. When it's did just, that start? It's just like points of view. It's fantastic. Yeah. Points of view, that's a rubbish programme, but...
1: This anyway, Joe, I've got the email well, okay, here. No, yeah. That's my point of view, from, and I really um, wanted to write in and say that, but go ahead, Mark. This first email here is from Tox Omnibi. I think that's the way you pronounce the surname, but if not, I'm very, very sorry, Tox. Anyway, Tox says, this is with regards to the monthly podcasts. Why do you not choose to be so negative in your approach to the podcast?" Then in big caps. My goodness! I felt like I was falling into a hole of depression. (laughs) We know the problems and by all means do something about it if you can. But please don't use the one hour you have to talk about Arsenal. In the month of a moaning session in the latest podcast there was not one word about the football.
2: Well, Tox, what can we say? What we can say is that Tox, you stumbled upon a particular edition when we had a guest from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. And when we record these, we, we tend to record two podcasts and sometimes the second one is less topical because it comes out a bit later and on that occasion we decided to discuss the ownership issues of Arsenal Football Club and hence no football. However, if we just talked about football, you'd probably top yourself the way we go on so uh, just be glad you had a bit of relief at that, that time.
1: Yes Tox, so but thank you for writing in because just for once it wasn't something slugging me off. So, Tox, brilliant. And David, you've got an email as well?
0: This is from a uh, Mr. Richard Cowhig, say hi, if you know an M Ollington, I found his season ticket in the street up near Highbury Park, <laughs> either send me his mobile number or give him mine. I only send this to you as I googled Ollington and Arsenal and got an online podcast result at your fanzine. If I don't hear from you or him in the next couple of days... I guess it's a bit of a ransom note here. (laughs) If I don't hear from you or him in the next couple of days, I will kill your son. Um, I'll try and hand it in at the Emirates, as we are relatively local, kindest regards. Um, Mark, did you get your season ticket back?
1: Yes, thank you very much, Richard. You were very, very kind. You gave my ticket back to me, went out of your way. I appreciate it very, very much. How
2: did you lose the damn thing?
1: I I went to watch that screening... At the, um, for the um, Birmingham game, you know, at club level and mm-hmm. um, you meant to bring your membership along with me just to check and they didn't bother checking, but anyway you know, I it so they asked me to bring along my membership with me and then who knows what happened, I must have been so upset and depressed <laughs> after that, after it, that last minute equaliser, after you know, dropped it on the floor in a half of depression. Where was it found? Hyde uh, Sh- Park, near Hyde Park. No, oh, so you had a bit of a stroll
0: before um, getting depressed. <laughs> did you head down
1: towards the Orwin Castle that kind of way? Went for a cheeky one. No, there? I walked back to Highbury Eastern Station, so I'm not quite sure. Why did you go the long way? I was going on the Victoria Line. Yeah. Yeah. No, no Why didn't yeah. you go on the other way road? I did. Well oh, Patrick, no, I didn't know, I went by the pub, went by the barn on the way back. Oh, right. Oh, that mm, be, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it. that's what I mean. It's only going to the all-winners. Yeah. Oh, it's nice it's like there. I was meeting someone there. Oh, fair enough. Sorry. Yeah. Right, <laughs> well, Mark, I've
0: got one here. Other pubs are available, <laughs> listeners. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I've got one from a listener in Peru. You're joking. I
2: joke we are not. Is it Pannington Bear? Is it Fabian Caballero? The name is Steve Perry. Oh, I <laughs> this is a no bit a disappointment. Perry. The singer from Journey.
1: Yes. Just <laughs> a small-town girl. Yeah. That's yeah. making a lot
2: of money yeah. at the moment. We have some Glee fans in in the room this evening. My apologies for those of a sensitive disposition. This is quite a long email, but I will get through it at a pace if I have the opportunity without interruptions. Gentlemen, I've been following your website fervently for the past two years or so, and I especially look forward to the podcasts. I don't understand why there is a time lag between when you record and when you put them up for listening podcast 45 was recorded on the 8th of February, but is only available on the 21st of February. Obviously it dilutes their value when things, especially this season, change so rapidly. I appreciate that this has probably been asked many times, and you have probably provided the answer many times, but just so that I can avoid future frustration, why? Keep up the excellent articles and intelligent discussions with necessary banter. Many thanks. Right, there's a, there follows a bit I'll read in a minute about Bengal Anyway, just to respond to that, to all who are curious, we do oh, Or curious. Or indeed, <laughs> we record two podcasts when we do these. The first one we try and get out within um, four or five days, sometimes even quicker. Now Joe is working with us and is a very efficient man. We are actually getting them out quite quickly. Um, but the, the second podcast we record this evening, we always leave a few days gap. We try and make it slightly less topical, but uh, that is the reason for the delay on podcast 45. Anyway, the next bit is all about Arsene Wenger, because he does a PS, and uh, I'm going to read this out. Um, So you know where I stand on the whole Wenger issue. He is the man, and as a club we have stability and a long-term future, with new silverware coming next year, maybe. Sometimes you have to take a step back and take the emotion out of it and look at your lot. We are not doing that badly, are we? Keep the faith. And uh, I have a bit of a correspondence with this uh, particular um, individual. What oh, You are wrong, dear.
1: Don't dirty
2: my inbox again. All the way from South America.
0: Did you congratulate him on winning the Nigerian
2: lottery? <laughs> if he just <laughs> <your face laughs> and just passes your so he responded to that. I reread what I said on the Wenger issue and our season, and it probably seems somewhat sycophantic. I am not, however. I just think that when you look at everything and consider the money being pumped into the others chasing fourth spots, we should be somewhat relieved. But it looks like even with our horrendous injuries, that fourth looks relatively safe. And who knows what more twists and turns will occur between now and the end of the season? And this was received in March, by the way. Do do I want to settle for fourth each season? No, but if you gave, gave me a definite fourth or take a chance at the beginning of the season, I would be tempted to take the fourth. It seems to be brewing over the last couple of seasons that we are heading for a big crash, and so I want that to be Liverpool completely imploding at the end of this season. I just think it would be interesting to see what happens to one of the big four not being so big. Perhaps seeing the first-hand destruction of a great club might put some perspective on how fortunate we are. If it is Liverpool that drop out, it will be very difficult for them to get back in. Uh, I think Wenger will mm. buy at least one or two uh, senior-ish type buys this summer and will again hope that we have better fortune on the injury front, which has been somewhat extreme this season. I think even he can see that he can't keep pushing his luck. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that thought Steve and uh, I guess we do sometimes take it for granted that we are up there Champions League every season and that is some achievement.
1: Good email that, wasn't it, from him, really, to be fair? Yeah, yeah really good email. I mean, what? makes makes you think,
0: when, when you look at Liverpool's plight, I mean, we will not want to be in that position, right?
1: Well, at the start of the season, Joe, I said it in the last podcast that I did, not the last one, because that was better, I wasn't here, that guy with support was trust, but the one before that. <laughs> um, I did say, at the start of the season, all the pundits, the media and football fans at large, had us down as a team to finish outside the top four this mm. season. It wasn't Liverpool. True.
2: Alan Hansen tipped them to win the title. Oh, wow.
0: Can't win anything with kids, as he once said. Mm. Anyway, moving on to other emails. These are quite quite short and punchy, luckily for me. Um, no, gonna, are, they're,
2: they're, we finished the emails.
0: Oh, I thought we've got this no, one. These, these are just these topics, are emails girl. from listeners. <laughs> these are are they topics? topics. Yes. Under. Okay, these are topics. All right, they're not emails at all. So I will take back what I just said. Mm. All right, I'm going to ask you then, pundits. Yes. M- Alan Hansen, not amongst you, thank thank God
2: I wish I was paid what he did for talking crap
0: (laughs) well you're going to get your chance to talk crap now because what do late goals in matches against Stoke Hull Birmingham Barcelona Wolves and et al what what do they actually mean et al see this little pun with Alan Hansen, there kind of lost on you I know don't give up the
2: day job show um, don't bother going along you know open mic nights at the uh, various (laughs) comedy clubs around uh, I thought that was pretty
0: good it was off
1: the cuff as well I don't get it
2: (laughs) you're serious Al Al is the gag it's Al was that that a joke Al yeah that was a gag that's rubbish
1: I know (laughs) you haven't heard the rest of my repertoire that's one of my better ones. I've the <laughs> subtlety. I've got the fart in the wind. You know. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means. Yeah, it means you know,
2: a lot. I don't think. And, in and a we're, world. Now, we're now on iTunes, and I don't think we're classified under comedy. However, uh, we if we were, be. we would soon bloody be. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: You know what, Alan Davis and our blogger over this to this, going, you know what, we we're all right. We are alright we are
2: not worried. a <laughs> <laughs> <I thought> We <laughs> that they're on plotting you know, each week,
0: maybe we should send someone a novel, the Google podcast team. <laughs> Davis is probably there now, he goes, you know what, yeah. I'm You're all right. right. You know, I'm okay, you know.
2: But, actually... Alan Davis, look at the fella now. Yeah, so Could he be a Trojan horse, a mate <laughs> of Alan Davis, yeah, yeah. sent here to <laughs> sabotage?
0: To <mess> up this. <laughs> if Alan Davis mounted David Essex, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the bastard child, actually, but it's not going to. Just think of the ergonomics. Us scoring lots of last minute goals means that our younger players are fitter than other teams' older players. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I mean I, I much preferred it when you know we were a team of 26 to 29 year olds when around about the Invincibles area where we'd, we'd do what Chelsea do a lot of the time you come out and you win the game in the first 20 minutes you score three goals and then you can well mm. knock the ball around for an hour during which time you probably get one or two more um, I mean as, as a point that Kev raised in, in the last podcast um, if you if you score your first goal early it's easier to boost your goal difference if you score the first one in the 93rd minute you know, you get the three points, but you know maybe you've missed the opportunity to. Well, Wolves at home, that's a that's a five-six-nil game. Mm. You know, not a you know spawny header in the in the 95th minute. But, but it says something about a, team spirit. Another huh? last-minute
1: winner. Was really it good though? Love a last-minute. Last minute. Yeah, that yeah I mean, really great hunt.
0: Great entertainment, but also says something about team spirit and the fact that you know we we've got a never say die attitude. I mean, yeah I mean there are two ways of looking at it there's, yeah, there's that, certainly David's right.
2: point which is we shouldn't leave mm. it that late um, however at the same time you know in the past we have lauded Manchester United doing exactly what we've done on several occasions this season which is play you know without great penetration you know not look like you're going to win the game and then actually Just smash the points fiddle. yeah well <laughs> in your terminology yeah
0: um, <laughs> I'm interested if any of these late goals come from us putting 17 passes around and then getting through one one with the keeper and passing the ball across for someone to run inside at home, or have we hoofed it into the box and seen what's happened?
1: <laughs> In yeah. the that Barry Bender yeah, basically anyway. yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll it's, give Arsenal they They've got a plan B, but it's up there from when Liverpool used to yeah. shove Mark right up front for the last 10 minutes. <laughs>
2: it's certainly more direct football, and um, I mean it's how it's done really. I and mean, the one thing I'd like to see throughout the 90 minutes is, is more attempts on goal from. Outside or the edge of the box, um, because that's where we too often decide on a pass. When a shot can produce a rebound or a deflection, um, or
1: even a goal. Well, even, <laughs> a, goal. I even. a
2: goal. Kev, I, Mike Dazzle here, did you know we've scored
0: more goals from outside the penalty area than any other team in the Premier League? You know season? what? That, that doesn't
1: surprise that me at
0: all.
2: It does genuinely shock me. 21. No, because
0: you know what I've always said it's it's that
2: there, don't we you, don't you, get don't? enough
0: tap-ins you know when we were looking earlier, I mean in the earlier podcast we were looking about the difference between us and Chelsea, I think, I think a lot of it is down to getting bodies into the six yard box. When, when we put crosses in, we put in some decent crosses, fun, funnily enough, even though a lot of people criticise the level of crossing, I'm not talking about Theo Walcott, but our full backs actually put good balls into the box. But there's no one there to attack it. and so. No one wants to take a gamble. There was one game I was watching. It was Nasri He didn't want to go into the six-yard box. Even our Sharvin I love him Nasri to bits. They do you know didn't want to go He's in. A there. Lesbian.
1: He never wants to go in that. the box. It could be
0: it could that. It could be. It
1: could be that. That's just little bit.
2: fucking love it. Basically. You
1: know what, That's true. It's turning into a comedy. He does wear
2: flowery boxer shorts. No. because there was a photo of him on the floor and under his shorts are this a flowery. A pair of underwear. Um, in fact, they might not even be boxes they didn't look tighter than that to me. But, Worst um... podcast ever. Uh, <laughs> We're about Plumbing the depths, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> uh, it does need raising. <laughs>
1: did, it, did it raise you, uh, uh, wow. I
2: think if an attractive female had been wearing them, there might Perhaps. have marginally more mm-hmm. effect. Okay. But, uh... So
0: there definitely needs to be changes in the underwear department. What about other departments in the um, squad? Any, any oh other? right, <laughs> that was another on Mr. slicks.
2: Well, I thought
0: move swiftly on. I didn't want to say move swiftly on, so I thought let's think of another way around it. At this point, Davis <laughs> lights yeah. another cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the knowledge, he's still top two on iTunes. <laughs> well, we could go back to the previous point, but you won't want to do that. So let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah yes, let's yes. move on to We've all got beds to go yeah, to. And well, no, I'm, I haven't got a bed to go to tonight. So <laughs> right, let's go back. Right. No, let's move on. Let's move on to um, yeah. What what, what changes need to change next
2: season: more experience, more balance in the team, a decent goalkeeper, a decent goalkeeper. We're going to we're, we're going to definitely up. get Marouane Chamakh. Everyone knows that. Yeah. So,
0: and yeah. how about centre back? We need a centre back. Silvestro out and well, presumably, presumably
2: Gallus is going uh, uh, funny enough really Ross, uh, to would to it sign know. by now I it? think all over again. the one that's likely to remain is Sol Campbell mm. I can see them signing Sol for another year mm. um, I mean yeah okay <coughs> Juro is pencilled in to return before the end of this season so one assumes that uh, you know his injury is healed and Touch wood, he will actually be able to be part of the squad next season. Um, But on on the numbers, yeah, sure. If Gallus goes and Sylvester goes, we are sure.
0: I I think the manager. Actually, sorry, I'll start that again. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a relatively big turnover of players this year. Unless we forget, the the manager isn't shy of doing that Mm. if, if, if he wants to. I mean, I remember prior to the 2002 season, we had seven new players come in the previous summer. Uh, with four or five leaving mm. it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw the depart- well certainly one of Eduardo or Vela will leave uh, providing Vela can find his passport <laughs> um, uh, Fran Reed has gone uh, mm. Sylvester will go uh, Dallas will go um, the only thing that would, I think Wenger would offer Campbell another year. The only thing that would stop him signing would be, I think he'd want a guarantee of football, which I don't blame him for. You know, he's at the age of 36. You know, mm. I'm sure he'd much rather play for um, Hull or Bolton, knowing he's going to get 30 games a season, rather than play at Arsenal and he's going to get five or six. But and if Munch- Gallus goes, I mean, there's no guarantee that the new guy coming in will we'll take Sol Campbell's place. If oh, you know, just, no, 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 he, yeah. he will, in an absolute heartbeat. I mean, uh, I, I don't buy this um, Sol Campbell's uh, done, uh, you know, done wonders for us. If Sol Campbell uh, was Philip Sengros or Igor Stepanov's, trust me, the entire supporter base would be on his back. Sol Campbell's got away with absolute fucking murder, purely because he's Sol Campbell. Um, he's, given mm. away, he's given away two penalties, should have given away two more. Um, he's yeah, slowed, that's true. He wasn't that's quick true. when he was 26. He's now got the turning circle of Saturn. Um, mm. I, 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 don't, I don't buy him um, if, we, we would have muddled through um, with Solcam, as far as I'm concerned I think the manager will bring in two centre-halves um, Martin Cáceres is the uh, latest name the Barcelona fifth-choice centre-back who's currently on loan at Juve um, mm. uh, there will be a new goalkeeper uh, I don't think there's much doubt about that uh, Robert Green is the, the name that um, we were linked with in January um, and by all accounts the manager still has a vested interest in Uh, Or, um, the other story I've heard is Thomas Sorensen, purely for a couple of years, until such time that Boyd checks the checks and he can come to the side, Um, and I think there'll be another body in midfield. What about Lloris, Hugo Lloris? Great goalie, taking a heartbeat. And he speaks the same language as most of the back four.
2: (laughs) Certainly communication needs to occur at some point in the future. In events, because there doesn't seem to be a lot at the moment.
0: And so, who would you ship out of the current squad? I mean, other than players that are going to leave on free transfers if they don't get new deals?
2: I don't. That's
1: it. Sadly, David Music died, wasn't it? Yes, Andrews. Um, Mm. You know, I really don't think he will be able to be the player that he could have been. I mean, people keep saying he was brilliant Mm. before he got injured. If we're honest with it, and we look at that first season, he just started to come good we don 't really know had he not got if he would have been a top top draw player Ed, he, he might have been, but he only just started to come good at that point
0: eduardo 's redundant in a four three three yeah eduardo's a goal snatcher. I mean you look at the best football he played for Arsenal, it was when he was playing up front with Adebayor and when he made his brief return in the the two cup games last season yeah. when he was when he was playing up front with Bentner totally if he 's got someone who's whose sole raison d'etre is to put the is to hold the ball up for him to give him a a chance on the penalty spot it'll be fine all day but in this in this lucid uh, sorry sorry in this fluid four-three-three yeah. that we play y- you need to have more to gain than that and he ain't the mustard
1: I couldn't agree more so he's today, lost a
0: lot of his pace as well since I was He he's think. never
1: the quickest really was he but he wasn't he wasn't lightning but he was quicker than but yeah Here he was you go now. definitely I think and you look for the rest of the squad I don't know I think Rzitzki might potentially go, you know, I mean, he's been okay this season. There's, I know he's got a new but contract but this season. Deal Didn't they why not sign a new contract? Not
0: yeah, so. Well, well we discussed much. this in the last yeah. podcast, they're all on five-year contracts
1: yeah, yeah. to avoid Webster or Bosman oh, situations.
0: Say, yeah, so, yeah. I think yeah. If someone
1: comes in for a decent offer for might we might let him, let him go, you know. I think, you know, Nasri fulfills that kind of role to a lesser extent. I don't yeah. know, but for me, there's, yeah, I think the only thing we really, really need is a decent keeper. Obviously, we need current centre-back and I think you should say that. Was that what's he called? Chalamakadudu. Maroan no, Chalamak. <laughs> He's, no, Shemak. Shemak. He's been coming in. Maroan Chalamak. Yeah, and that's a done deal, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So it's just a keeper that we need. I, th- I think if every, well, if everyone and a centre back
0: or two, perhaps if there's yeah. that. Oh yeah, They're yeah, going yeah, to be yeah. a big exodus of centre backs, which are. Well, well, there are four centre backs leaving in the summer: Sandros,
1: Campbell, yeah, Senderos as well Sables. Yeah, that's it. Who mm. would replace And we get rid of, you know, um, David's favourite, Kev.
0: Which, uh, Nilsa. <laughs> Nilsa. Well, I mean, personally,
2: of course, but you can't uh, stop with him. Wenger's not going to do that. Um,
1: but do you hmm. think next season could be his sort kind of song season? In the sense that Diaby, apart from that awful game against Barcelona, mm. I think Diaby's coming leaps and bounds this season. I think Song's a lot better than what he was. Uh, could it ever happen that we see what Benny sees in him every single time? I think part or of the not? problem
2: with these players is they're they're quite inconsistent. Mm. Um, the
1: Song's not even though, is it? Sort of well Song crazy, is isn't
2: song, song is an exception because I mean if you think about it mm. Song did start around the same time as most of these yeah. guys you're talking about and he has last come, year hybrid
0: was his first year at the club.
2: yeah and he's come good I mean Denilson started probably about six months later um who else are we talking DRB. about? DRB, where well, he came again at the same time.
0: Song, Song's been at the club the longest. Uh, August, August DRB played at Highbury. Definitely yeah. remember that. Yeah, DRB, mm. January 2006. after that.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, the problem with these players is, uh, for me, that certainly when we have the ball, occasionally they are very careless with it, um, especially in our own half. Um, they don't have that kind of killer edge whereby you think they're top, top level. You kind of think they're mavericks and uh, on occasion spellbinding, but on other, other occasions they let you down. And, and I think in a great team you just have consistency and reliability. And I think we had that more you know, when Bengal was buying slightly older players for slightly more money. In the, uh, the late 1990s, the early 2000s, um, and those players were more reliable. You know, I mean, we did lose games. You know, we weren't bloody perfect, but we just seemed to have a bit more about us um, in terms of the big games and getting results. So we go to Chelsea, we go to Old Trafford, and sometimes we'd get a result with those players. With the current bunch, um, the consistency isn't there. And it it does seem to me that even when they play well, they can do something stupid too often. I mean, we should have won at Old Trafford this season. That game might ultimately cost us the title uh, because uh, A. DRB put the ball in his own net under no pressure and B. The keeper gave away a stupid penalty. Under no pressure. Um, (laughs) So you know I just don't think I I think it's all a bit of an illusion I mean I I understand why we've ended up with this group of players for financial reasons but right now they're being paid a hell of a lot of money and I think we could as an alternative have bought experienced players who who maybe aren't as naturally gifted but know how to play the game better Um, it's a positive decision the manager's taken and at the moment you can say it hasn't quite worked out because we still haven't won anything now i'm hoping he proves us all wrong i'm hoping he lands a league. but let's face it if we did win the league, there would be an element of fortune no. about it because it's been a freak season uh, in which you know more games have been lost than is, is characteristic by the top teams um i can see it now it's gonna be a low we've point won joke.
1: we've won the league yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all there and the time of our lives I've mean, like the Congo going down the highway <laughs> it's Kev sat there well it wasn't like a normal season oh, it's not a proper title win
2: no I mean it's
1: as valid as any other can you picture it like 20 years time us lot are all there as some gooner kind of like you know, club dinner as we are and will you please welcome the title winning team of 2010 and Kev so, says yeah, that's the lowest points total of all time Boo! I'm afraid you're
2: turning my very serious points into some kind of panto performance oh no, <laughs> no, no we're not. <laughs> 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 however not okay. you know I mean can you say in your heart of hearts that you believe in this team as much as you believed in the team in the earlier part of this decade no that's my point
0: the thing I sort of cling on to is that our very good players are so good that they can carry the weaker players I think that Fabregas Van Persie um, the are th- probably are the three best players in their position in the league, and I think that their quality um, does sort of let us get away with playing the Danielson. But with regards to, I mean, the point that Kev's raised is balance. Um, a player who's was bringing balance to the team, and who, who the manager said himself had just cemented his place in the team, and was, and was about to be the third in our first choice midfield of Song and Fabregas, was Aaron Ramsey, who mm. um, could play football, was not afraid to shoot from outside the box, but would tackle back uh, and seem to have a football brain and positional awareness. And I think the manager was really sizing him up for a starting role for next season. Um, And it looks as, uh, reading the interview with Colin Nguyen on the website, it looks as though we're expecting him back in training by September. Realistically, uh, 2010 is a a write-off for him. He'll probably come back into the team around about um, January 2011. But as Liverpool have proven in, in years gone by, your title challenge can't be over by October. So mm. he needs something in the meantime. I think, whilst the manager is is very proud and certainly arrogant, uh, one thing he definitely isn't is stupid. I think that I think the Barcelona game, he'll never admit it publicly, but I think it's uh, it's helped a few things hit home. I think he now appreciates the goalkeeper, whilst it can be brilliant, ultimately is poor. He's, he's, he will. He's a. He's a, a a man for statistics, he will see that Danielson's not covered the ground in the vital areas. And uh, if if the rumours are true that Felipe Mello, who was after last summer, has had a nightmarish year in Turin and Juve are willing to sell at a loss, uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes in at all. Just if, if for no other reason, then it will allow him to sell Danielson. Yeah, it would be good if um, Wenger realises all those points. But will he change his tactics now that he's in the last year of his contract? I mean, do you think that's likely? Kevin
2: well I, I mean, the question is not will he change his tactics will he, will he change his personnel um, I think he's settled on the Barcelona way and if anything the Champions League quarter final established that it can be very successful um, it's just the personnel you've got to carry it out um, I mean I think what Arsenal need to do for the big change has to be to learn how to get a result when they're in an advantageous position um, on the field Um and that's something that does come with experience, you know, is know-how. It's it's knowing when to play what kind of football, and there is nothing wrong with um, a hoof into Rose Z when you're in the second minute of injury time. Um, I can't remember the lead-up to the Birmingham goal, but uh, I suspect there was some point at which we had the choice of either dribbling into the corner or, or attempting to do something fancy. And we probably did something. Yeah, I think
0: Felici messed around. I don't know.
2: I can't remember. But you know, going on um, on, on on past history, uh, the team have on occasion been guilty of, of of not closing out games, and that was a classic example um, of them not holding on to a result when they had to survive ten minutes. So um, it's know-how. That's what we're short of. We are short of know-how. You can't just expect expect a group of of players who who haven't won much to suddenly develop it just with an extra season. You need you need a couple of talkers in the team who, who are going to basically call a spade a spade and, and tell certain players to stop uh, fanning around when that's not what is required. I, I still go back to the West Ham away draw. Another two points dropped with two nil and cruising and. Mm. the players thought the game was was won now more experienced players would realize that game was not won by a long way
0: that could be down to his buying policy to some extent because he's well no he has, he has the, the choice
2: he has the choice of spending a little bit more money on transfers to get better players and not paying so many of the youngsters quite so much money. Mm. I mean, there's a rumour, which I can't believe is true, that someone like Nielsen is actually on 60 grand a week.
0: That's quite scary.
2: Now, you know, all I can say is that looking at the books, that kind of makes sense. You know, we don't know individual players' wages, but it's quite possible that he is on that kind of money, um, and frankly... That's, that's wasted money. And, and it was quite a good transfer fee as well,
0: right? Wasn't it about £7.5 million or something? No, I don't but think
2: it was expensive. Not quite as much as that, then? Who,
0: Denilson? think. £3.5 million. Pounds. Oh, you need three and a half.
2: But, you know, mm. I mean, if, if you accept that sometimes you're buying a player and that you're only buying them for the duration of their contract, you can take a punt for £5 million and say, right, a million a year plus your wages, um, and you can get something pretty decent. Uh, especially if we've got such a brilliant scouting network, you know there are there are a lot of players playing around the world who could do a job, and it's a matter of picking them up and uh, you know buying the ones that fit fit whose face fits. Um, There's a quote from Vega on the website towards
0: uh, actually it's yeah just for the Everton game right at the start of the season, um, which I think Ars blogger. Um, showed last week uh, in light of the Barcelona defeat uh, which has been on record saying there are only five players in the world we can't afford wow. so if, if that's correct I refuse to believe there are only five players in <laughs> the world who can who can improve our squad I mean I I can see ten of them at Chelsea mm-hmm. um, which which I, I take in a heartbeat so I, 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 okay if there's only five players we can't afford that's fine then use the money to buy the players who can improve us uh, who, who we can afford which you know is within a group of tens of thousands, if we're talking worldwide uh, professional football players, um, the club tell us over and over again that they've never denied the manager money and the money is there to spend. So, you know, if you have to take people on their value, then someone's negligent, aren't they? Especially, Mr. well, maybe it's Mr. Gazidis who, you know, has been employed to get results. It's the man who runs the football club now. Well, if we don't win the league, something's going wrong somewhere, right? If we can... Well, no, I mean,
2: I th- for think... You know, there are two sides of the coin. The one side is, is the manager has done terrifically well to get us into this position, and there is no doubt about that. The frustration is that it's so near, but yet so far, in that just to tip us over that 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 line where we do win trophies instead of compete for them. Uh, there's not actually a great deal that needs doing, except a bit of common sense. I mean, you know, it's quite obvious before January that the keeper situation was desperate and we certainly had the opportunity to address it in January, and, and didn't. Uh, I mean, by all accounts, you know, Thomas Sorensen may or may not have been on the way on Transfer Deadline Day, but couldn't get down in time for the medical or whatever it was. We shouldn't have been peeing about on Transfer Deadline Day, we should have bought a keeper on January the 2nd. But um, if you're an
0: economist, then maybe that's the only way you can do business, is do it at the last minute, thinking you're going to get a better deal by it. Club of, the, club ne- the club have never said no to the manager for any player he wants and there's only five players in the world he can't afford yeah, I that's, know
2: that that's not <laughs> so it must be true so <laughs> i don't by that I'm sorry but uh, if, if and it goes back to something we have said before the manager is totally obsessed with value to the degree that he won't accept that big clubs have to pay a bit more for a player than they might actually be worth you know I mean We've got a turnover of two hundred million plus. You know, just live with it. Just pay the extra million. Don't quibble over a bloody few thousand quid. When, when, when it's the difference between winning a trophy and, and and coming close?
0: In which case, I'd like to ask the manager if I ever get the opportunity, if he thinks that signing Francis Jeffers for eight and a half million pounds and letting him go for two was good value, or signing Sylvan Miltord, who, lest we forget, is still our club record signing at thirteen and a half million pounds and letting him leave for nothing. Was good value as well.
1: I want to see one that's in league, but I agree with you about Francis Jeffers. Yeah. Francis
2: Jeffers was in a league title winning yeah. squad,
1: but Wilfred actually got about thirteen, fourteen goals that season. In the league, yeah,
2: did his bit. I felt. Yeah, uh, I get up the point, yeah. but I see what you
1: mean, that yeah. he's a regular point. Yeah.
0: About but Francis in Jeffers. terms of value, yeah, yeah, yeah. Value, value didn't seem yeah. like too much eight nine years ago. Yeah. So again, it's the club. all of a sudden it's, it's, it's someone at the club line. He seems to be it. worrying the about the board. economy. To such a degree well, that I've joke. not when heard at, When I look at the way Gordon Brown
1: has <laughs> the national debt yeah. in this country, I wonder, but I think, have, would the tour yeah, be any better? Do you think,
0: think Arsene Venner would, would be a better Prime Minister than an Arsenal manager? That's that's the question you seem to be raising now, perhaps not.
1: I'd certainly voted for him rather than the very symbolic lot of the moment. That's true,
0: but would you vote to give him a new contract? I don't know if the excuse I didn't see the BNP get into that, <laughs> that kind of will, will sort of float with It won't wash, you know. And great, uh, I won't, won't have it. We
1: vote for a French man, but that is the mm. point. But so, th- what's, what's your point, Joe?
0: My point is, would you give him a new contract? Hey, Benga. yeah. Well, Benga.
1: an interesting
0: quote he came <laughs> out last week. Which, again, if given ever given the opportunity to have five minutes in the room with the manager, purely for my own sake and and, and <laughs> that of his family, there should be cameras. Um, he came out with an interesting quote last week when asked about a new contract. He first and foremost said, "I won't even think about it till the summer." as I'm trying to win the league with my team, but I will assess the the um, the the ability, the potential ability of this team to win trophies, and that will be a determining factor. Well, I need to take issue with Mr. Wenger there, because he, none of these players were forced on him. He's mm-hmm. had total autonomy for eight years, so for him to turn around and say, well, you know, depends on the quality of the players at my disposal as to whether or not I stay or not, um, I, 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 he needs a good slap to be completely oh, honest. I think by that,
1: Dave, what he means is is if I failed and the quality of players I've been like, developing in the last few years aren't good enough, then it's time for me to go. So, to me, that was actually quite an honest thing, thing to say. I think he's actually agreeing with you. He's saying if I haven't been good enough and I've been bringing the wrong type of players through, I put faith in all these dudes and I actually do you know what they're not going to win titles, then it's time for me to sling my hook. I think, I think that's what he's saying. It
0: yeah. would be so better I mean, if he said it the way you just said it, uh, Mark, because. I, I agree with David. Really, I agree with both of you. I'm sorry <laughs> no, no, to I'm, sorry to be a bit no, with Trevor Brooking on this, but I
1: agree with David as well. But yeah. I think what he was getting at more to do with the fact was if he's if his team aren't good enough at the, after the end of the season, mm. it feels he never put in
0: it in
1: those terms. He know, would have yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, that's a fair comment, actually, Mark. Yep, I'll go along that. What do you yep. think yep. from that point?
2: Uh, do you think
1: he'll be around next season? Do you think you will sign a new contract at the end of next season?
2: I think he'll stay. Um, I, I think. Uh, he he can't really do anything else, you know. His life is. <laughs> a <good day>. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a sad
1: man. I know it's not. He's a you know, sad man. Such a badly poised. He's into a cup. I've got think biggest cup in my life. Kept up. Kept up. So we made the
0: host <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. no, can I just? <laughs> ask well, He's going to retire. I would like but to know. Unless you retrain, you know, does a B Tech in the evening. Mark, which cup will he be masturbating in?
2: Well, it won't be any that we've (laughs) won on a live TV game on Sky. It it won't
0: be the FA Cup or the League Cup. He gives up on those two. Mm. But could it be the Champions League in the next four or five years if he sticks around?
2: interesting point, because frankly, I do believe that to win in Europe, you need to be a bit of a tactician. And I think this is Arsenal's weak point here. I think the man's a brilliant developer of players. Um, in terms of spotting raw talent and, um, you you know, I mean, he he has changed careers through, you know, his brilliance. Um, However, I think he's stretching it a bit too far these days, but uh, in Europe, you know, tactics is everything, you know, almost like games of chess sometimes and... I'm afraid to say he might might get lucky one year, but I... i would I... be afraid to say <laughs> it would be brilliant. It would be brilliant. <laughs> it would be
1: brilliant. It would be brilliant.
2: But I just don't... Jesus, <laughs> don't think it's going to happen, because I don't I mean... think the man is tactically astute.
1: Imagine that, we win the Champions League. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin to the to the answer, yeah.
2: you bastard. <laughs> you you flunky,
0: lucky
1: bastard. You fluky little shit. <laughs> next year, all of you,
2: you'll all be crying.
1: It's not going <laughs> to happen again, it was a fluke.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I really hope the manager, as has as been said on one Sky Sports European night by both Rude Hullett and Tony Adams on the same panel, they were saying, we really hope Arson proves everyone wrong. And I hope he does. Tony you know. Adams was a man who
1: said, the Arsenal fans will never take to big Tommy V, or little Tommy V should be, yeah.
2: he's not the type of set in the back,
1: he'll never set on English football. And to be found out pretty damn quickly. I don't trust Tony Adams back because he always, yeah. sounds, always sounds like someone who's just been burgled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's something rather shifty about what he says. It's a bit real for Tony. <laughs> it's, all a bit, it's all a bit right there for
2: Tony. While uh, i looking at you, while hmm. i looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> Rude Hullet agreed with him anyway um, oh he is, is
1: good isn't he Rude isn't he? It, great manager
2: yeah. well I mean I, I like Rude I think he's alright but uh, do you like his brother? sexy football mm. Um I like Milan when he played mm. for them I have to say that
0: and Richard Keyes told him he was the best player ever for quite a long time
2: it, oh yeah he did did you, did you notice yeah,
0: that yeah I, I found that a little bit bizarre but
2: well, no, maybe he was, he was for a quality a year, act for, for year. about uh, four years. He was it wasn't as was,
0: was bizarre as watching the first leg of the Barcelona game on ITV. I thought it was being transmitted on MU TV for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Clive Tilden and Jim Begley. You know, they bored on racist. <laughs> I tell you my know?
2: you know, huge regret about the second leg of the quarter final was that I watched it in a bar in Barcelona, which obviously carried the local commentary, and I couldn't have the joy. Listening mm-hmm. to ITV commentators go into <laughs> apoplexy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and A thinking Man United were through, and then B reality dawning, and uh, you know. The oh, that was that, a,
1: was that was brilliant. Man United v Munich yeah. when yeah. they
0: went um, through 0 up. Three 0 up. Three 0 up. Yeah, Pete, uh, John Champion, and that fires United. I love watching the highlights of us that fires United into the semi-finals. It was one of those. Yeah. Keep watching, Pete. I know how this one turns out. Oh. There was a brilliant
1: comment when I think Barn went to three two or whatever, whatever it was, and the, you know he goes, "What's going to happen now? Even the father, everyone's been distraught. No, half, I'm half, over the worst
2: <laughs> of it." <laughs>
1: for a couple of moments there it was
0: a
2: bit hairy but you know what I'm going to plough on through I'll tell you what yeah. on, on I mean just, you know as a negative supporter on occasion some of the highlights <laughs> of my of you're
1: my, having of my season <laughs> you optimistic no
2: as in a negative supporter you know of other teams oh, okay. um, anti <laughs> other teams um, some of the highlights of past seasons have been the eliminations of um, English clubs from the Champions League yeah. often Manchester United and more lately Chelsea um, always gives me immense pleasure.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, you know, made a little, little way, made, made up a little bit for the night before when Arsenal got stuffed. So, um, not, all, not an entirely disastrous week.
0: Okay, at this point I'm going to have to warn you that this is a very tenuous link, but right, we've so been talking about things that, um, go on, you know, we in the lap of the gods so to speak, and um, it's a bit that way with the, the club ownership situation. No, at bad taste. <laughs> no, <bad taste. laughs> He's in the lap of the gods, no, we don't know what's going to no, happen. No. We just don't know, because Nina Bracewell-Smith has put her shares up for sale, and where where are these shares going to go? I mean, does anybody know? Does anybody care? I don't know, but the, the fact that Lady Bracewell-Smith uh, was being wooed for the past 18 months by Red and White Holdings, and Um, who has obviously served on the same board as Stan Kroenke has instructed an independent um, broker to find a buyer for her share suggests that she's not overly keen or has already approached and been turned down by Stan Kroenke and or Red and White Holdings Um, so it doesn't look as though that that her 16% is going to stay within the club Um, so it'll be interesting to see who does step in and what's, and what's going on with uh, Danny Fisman? Because he's not been attending games lately. Um, as, is that part of the reason why Nina Bracewell-Smith has put her shareholding well, up for sale? This
2: quite conceivable. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not officially announced, but uh, most people realise that uh, Danny Fisman uh, is suffering from cancer. And we don't know how serious it is, but he certainly wasn't um, in a new camp to watch his team... Play in probably one of the most important games in many seasons. So you've got to think that he's probably in pretty poor, <coughs> pretty poor state. From what I'm aware, is his children aren't particularly interested in in the football. So you know, is he is he going to sell the shares? You know, if if he's aware that he maybe only has a certain amount of time to live he may sell the shares and then give his kids the money or he may just leave them in his will and then the kids sell them. But there's no real hierarchy or or continuity in the way that the Hillwood family used to pass their shares down. So uh, it's only a matter of time before there are significant changes um, in who owns the shares and controls the club. Because until recently, Danny Fisman did control the club um, and, and whether or not he's still calling the shots, nobody knows. Um, but, you know, who buys his shares will determine the future of the club. Um, What's his share of it at Moenke? It is, um, I think it's uh, 16% at the moment. Or 15%. It's around the same as Lady Nina. Um, well, if someone buys Lady Nina's and Danny Fitzman's shares, they're advised to... They could take over a under the Stock Exchange rules. So. Yeah, so, I mean, having said that, Danny's aren't officially for sale, so we don't know. Um, but all, all that can be said is that, you know, in five years' time there's every chance that uh, he may no longer be with us. And, uh, you know, I mean, someone different will be calling the shots at Arsenal Football Club or how, whatever the ownership structure. I mean, the, the big thing is whoever decides they want to have a go at owning the club, you can make a bid now. They don't have to buy anybody's shares. They can bid now. I can make a bid tomorrow for the club if I've got the money. Go to on, Kev, do if it. If I've got the money to back up buying all yeah. the shares. All right.
0: and Stan Kroenke only needs about 10 shares, apparently, to, uh, to go to. the threshold. Yes, Until this, he has to. This goes back to my point. Uh, um, she has an existing dialogue with the other two major shareholders being Red and White Holdings and Stan Kroenke. Um, I imagine she she's there would have been communication already, and the, and the fact that she has now instructed an independent broker would suggest. By all well, by all accounts, um, uh, Alicia Rusmanov's interest is cooled, mm. uh, and Cronky I imagine would like the shares, but he's been trying to sell his 50% holding in the St Louis Rams, the NFL franchise, for 18 months to two years now, and hasn't found a buyer yet. By all accounts, he didn't pay for his uh, the previous shares he'd acquired. Mm-hmm. um until relatively recently because uh, all of his money was in equity um he, he didn't have any cash on the hip quite frankly mm-hmm. um and i think that might be the position he's in at the moment if he does find a buyer for the st louis rams i mean we're in the nfl off season at the moment and now is the time that clubs would change, uh, franchises would change hands um then you know he's got a decision to make but until such time i, I can't see him, him uh, going over 30% anyway.
2: Well actually there's an offer that expires today for, for his Rams shares uh-huh. um, and his, his decision to make whether he sells them or hangs on to them. Um, so he has got a buyer and if he does decide to sell them he'll certainly <coughs> be in a far healthier position to, to buy out Arsenal should he wish to go that way. I mean the thing about uh, Kronke or Ushmanov is you have to ask why They got involved in the club in the first place. Is it because of a love of Arsenal Football Club or is it as a potential business opportunity? And the only thing you can say about them buying it as a business opportunity is that to maximise profits uh, you need a successful team. So on that level they're going to do what they can to ensure Arsenal win trophies and and get the attendant exposure so if the club is bought out it may not be a bad thing in that respect because it does look as if the current board are happy with seeing the club make a healthy turnover regardless of winning things Um, they're selling out the stadium almost invariably you know there's not much more money they can make on on that front Um, the club is almost maxed out except for their own potential commercially in terms of selling the kind of uh, licensed gear that uh, Manchester United and Real Madrid sell around the world but uh, to enhance that then they need to um, win some, some more trophies really so, I think things are going to change. Um, I can't see this multi-ownership model lasting forever. I think someone is going to make the bid and, and the club will go private. And then it's going to be a wait-and-see situation. I don't think it's a
0: bad thing. It would be a bad thing necessarily. Um, it's interesting watching the, the, the Liverpool fans all up in arms about Hicks and Gillett and they're having and bought the club. Um, I didn't hear them... Well, I mean, as Kev says, the, the only way you can make money in football is if you win the big, the big prizes, as with that comes the, the huge prize funds and comes the big TV money. Um, I didn't hear the Liverpool fans complaining when their manager was spluffing £25 million on Fernando Torres. I didn't hear them complaining when he spent his entire transfer budget on an £18 million right-back. I certainly didn't hear them complaining when they spent all the money he got from Chabi Alonso... Uh, probably one of the best defensive midfield players in Europe on an Italian uh, pup who can't walk properly. Um, yeah, with with that with that kind of purchase comes um, an intention to make your, you know, to maximise your earnings. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I think we well, I think money would be made, made available for players first and foremost. But they didn't complain when they won the Champions League, either. exactly so they, they've, they've had their high moments as well but um, yeah quite honestly the Liverpool situation does put things in well, I, think, I think it's looking
2: healthier now apparently Barclays are going to step in and um, more or less you know address the financial issues probably over the long term but at least provide some security um, I mean there'll be a change in the way they do things but it it, it probably won't be as dramatic as was feared, um, when the prospect of them just completely going under f- through being unable to p- repay their debts was w- was very much a possibility uh, not so long ago. Um, I mean, there is a recognition, to the same with Manchester United that there's such a huge brand to talk in business terms that just to let them go out of business would be actually throwing money away because they probably are worth a long-term yeah. investment. Um, However, you know we've seen clubs, huge clubs, go to the wall through mismanagement. Uh, you know sometimes these clubs walk a tightrope, and Arsenal certainly did walk a tightrope with the stadium move. Um, they pulled it off. but There was no guarantee that they were going to continue selling out the stadium if Arsenal didn't achieve, but um, they've managed to. Um, so fair play to them for that.
1: We're
0: almost done now, but just time for the usual reminder that our email address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks once again to our sponsors, gunashirts.com, and a reminder that the next issue of the Guna, the final one this season, will be on sale at the home matches against Manchester City and Fulham. It can also be bought online from the Guna Shop on our very own website after the Manchester City game. Until next time... I'm Joe Broadfoot. Thanks for listening.
2: Sammy Nasri is great. He wears a number eight. Plays great football for the Arsenal. Sammy Nasri is great. He wears a number eight. Plays great football for the Arsenal. Can't take our Sammy Take our we came from Barcelona all the way to Highbury, but now he's us all through and through and the rest is history, because we don't care too much for Barca, Barca can't take our sex. can't take sex. our ses, can't take sex. our sex. Sex. no one can take our ses. Robin Van Persie
0: His skills will delight you
2: His left foot ignites you Robin Van Persie His roles will inspire you His goals never
0: tire you Robin Van Persie, Percy, Percy.